minister tonight. Uh, I was. Uh, it's, it was a pretty wild day. We had a lot going on. I had. A, I had a lot going. On. I say we must be me and the Holy Spirit because uh, it was. <laughs> there was a lot of stuff going on. But uh, and uh, as as I was preparing for. Uh, a couple of things besides the sermon, you know, is it was getting later and later, and I was like, okay, Lord, what, you know, we need to narrow this down here a little bit. And I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter eighteen, and and uh, I believe we're going to start right here. And I'm I'm going to call this "Let the Word Shape Your Life." It's kind of a long title, but "Let the Word Shape Your Life." Now, this isn't anything that that you hadn't heard me say many times. I'm sure if you listen to me a lot. But I'm going to tell you what, as, as we prepare for a new year, I've challenged you to, to think about where do I want to be at the end of 2022? Where do I want to, what do I want to accomplish? Just thinking out ahead of you just a little bit. There's something very important to me about setting goals and, and about looking out in the future. You can say, well, God just directs everything anyway. I believe God created us to plan and to, and to get an idea and to head somewhere. He created us as achieving type people. I mean, there, there is no question in the world. But also understand that as we go through, even though we set those goals, when we're surrendered and submitted to God, He may shape and, and, or He may change and adjust you as you go. You ever you ever start somewhere have a full plan exactly I had my day planned out today it was all going to be planned. I mean, or it was all planned. As most days, I plan, I get up, I think about where I'm going to be, and then there's certain days my day, you ever have a day just get hijacked? It's, I mean, it's it's going places you didn't even want to go, didn't plan on going, but you're there. Now, in the midst of that, though, even though I set my plans and did, and they and they were changed, I still believe God is at work in the midst of all those things, bringing me to a place that He needs me to be. And so, uh, I, I, but there's a part of adding the Word of God to everything that we do that's so important. And uh, Proverbs is in here somewhere. I know it is. I'm in a different Bible tonight. In Proverbs 18, 21, he says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, we've got to read the next verse just because. I mean, it says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing. Amen. I can say amen to that. All right. But, but staying with, with verse 1, or 21, I mean, he says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. See, the Word of God will shape our life, but I can also tell you that the words that we say, the things that we speak, will shape our life as well. And there's death and there's life in our words. The things that you're saying on a consistent basis will affect your, your perception. They'll affect how you see yourself, your circumstances, your situation. If you're constantly talking, I wrote this down, in a person's life... Uh, it largely reflects the fruit of their tongue. To, to speak life is to speak God's perspective on any issue. To speak death is to declare life's negatives, to declare defeat, to declare uh, complaint, or to complain constantly. You know, you, you can find a negative in about anything. Y'all know some people like that? You, you might be sitting next to them, but don't point them out, right? There, there may be somebody that can find a negative in everything. I know my kids sometimes, I'm sure they thought I could find the negative in anything. They go out there and they, they go out there and just rip it on one and rope the, rope the thing. And, and, but they, you know, I, I say, you know, that was really good, but 
And all oh, they hated to hear that. And I had to watch that. But see, that's the way I am with me sometimes as well. I'm mean, a lot, a lot of times I'm looking at my life or looking at things I have, and I and I can find the negative. Now, it's not bad to review. It's not bad to look at, uh, take ownership for faults, for failures. I mean, that, that's a whole lot better than making an excuse for everything. I've, already, I've taught on that before, but, but we can't live by excuse. We can't say, well, you know, I would have, but. I'd like to, but. But see, if we'll take the Word, word of God and, and begin to look at our life, and, and uh, 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 Harvey was talking to me, he said, got him a new study Bible. I've been encouraging you to, to invest in a good study Bible, something that helps you understand and explains the Word of God. Helps you be able to read it, and then underneath it's got the, uh, the, uh, the commentary, a little bit of explanation about what's going on there, how it ties in with other places in the Scripture, how valuable that is. Because if we see the Word of God as shaping our life, our life will be entirely different. Because there's something shaping us. There's something causing us to be the way that we are. Uh, uh, environment is, has a lot to do with a lot of things. I'm, I'm convinced there's a lot of people, the condition of their life is a direct result of the, condition, the environment that they've allowed themselves to be in, put themselves in, or have perpetuated by their continuing their words and not seeing things differently. And that's where God's Word can come in and begin to shape things. There's times I think that doctors or whoever have science has said, well, this is a hereditary thing. You're this way because of your parents. Now, your eye color and your, your, the way you, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm short. Y'all didn't know that, I know, but uh, just revelation here, I'm, I'm short. Well, it isn't because I didn't have some tall people in my family. My dad was taller than me. My grandpa was taller, I think, than even than him, his dad. I've got an uncle on my mom's side that's the, he's six one or so. He's tall. So how in the world did I get to be short? Well, every woman in our family is about five three, <laughs> and some of the men are only you know shorter than I am. It's that it's that Mennonite Yoder blood that comes from from the Kansas. It's a, it's hereditary. Now, see, there, there's, there's some of those things that I can't control, I can't change. But how I, what outlook I have on life, I can change. My attitude, I can change. You know, we, we, we can make a difference in those areas. I can tell you that, that uh, it's, it affects so many areas of life. See, the Word of God, if we understand it and we begin to look at it from a perspective of it's going to shape me, so it's going to shape my perspective in the world and how I see things. You know, I want you to think about the Word of God in, in this way, or, or ask yourself the question, is it a history book or an owner's manual? I started to relate, Harvey, he was talking about he's starting to read the Bible all the way through, and he was going to start in Genesis. And I said, well, let, let, me, let me give you some insight. Start in the, you, you can read Genesis, because there's a lot of neat stories in Genesis, just all right, but, but when you get to uh, Leviticus, let's jump to the New Testament. <laughs> let, let's, let's go, you that have read the Bible all the way through. It doesn't mean you don't need to read it at some point, but when you first start, I mean, jump over there into the New Testament. Read, read the Gospel of John, or read, read Matthew, Mark, read the book of Luke, then, then get into Ephesians, and get into Colossians, and get into some of those ones that I teach out of so much that are so... Read the Proverbs. 
There's 31 Proverbs. There's 30 days in it, 30 to 31 days in a month. I mean, I've told you this. You that are sitting here, you're like, oh, there he goes again. Need to read Proverbs. But you talk about shaping your life. Those, those things will absolutely shape your life. And I can tell you this, that you'll have an entirely different perspective on the world, and you'll begin to see your circumstances, see yourself in those circumstances entirely different. See, you're no longer a victim when you understand the power of God in His Word. Because the conditions out here aren't going to be the override, the overpowering force in my life anymore. You know, uh, I, I wrote this down. I'm getting ahead of myself in, in my notes a little bit. But, um, well, I'm going to wait. I'm going get to down, get down there in a minute. Let's look at, let's look at uh, Romans chapter 8. And I, I want to pull a, a passage of Scripture. Romans chapter 8, if you could take one chapter out of the Bible, Romans chapter 8 would be one of the most powerful ones that you could read from start to finish, and it would demonstrate a walk as a new believer all the way through. It, it, it begins and deals with so many, our spiritual walk, and then gets us to a point of victory. But just verse 28, it says, And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Now, when we read that, some people would read that verse, and they would hear it say, well, all things are working to the good. And I'm going to tell you what, there's times when you don't really want to hear that, because I can remember as an 11-year-old boy losing my dad, and you read that verse, say, oh, well, all things work together. I'd say, bull hockey. And at that time, I probably didn't say that. Probably use something else. I wouldn't use in church. I'd say, no, that wasn't right. Why? Because I, I could see zero good in it. And I'm going to tell you, for, for years I couldn't see good in that. Now, I don't want to spend a lot of time on that, but there's things in life that we can't understand and we can't, don't, don't want to accept, and we can't see the good in them. But here's what I did learn. It took me a few years, but I got to a point where I said, okay, God, in spite of not liking it, not understanding it, seeing all the harm that, and hurt and, and trouble and challenges that my family went to as a result of that, what I'm going to still trust you that here's the way that really should be understood, is that in the midst of all things, God will work it, turn it to our good. Didn't mean it was good, but it means that God in the midst of our problem, our trouble, He'll bring, He'll turn it to our good. Some of you have had devastating losses. Some of you have had huge mistakes, made huge mistakes. Some of you would love to have be able to switch that, go back and change some of those things. There's a lot of things like that. But when we trust our life and trust our life to God, we can entrust our life to know that God, you're going to turn those things to good and we're going and you're going to do it according to your purpose. I can look back now and see. I wouldn't be here. I probably wouldn't have met my wife. We wouldn't have had our four kids. There's many, many things that might have never come together had that that event change the trajectory of our life. Was there a lot of things that were a struggle or whatever? Maybe so. Yes. Well, not maybe. Yes. But here's the thing I know, is God in the midst of it all, He's still at work in my life. And, and this word purpose, notice it says, called according to His purpose. His purpose meaning, uh, it's, it's from the word um, in, the, in the Greek, I'm not even, pro, prothesis. And it's from pro, meaning before, and thesis, meaning a place. 
And it's a set, but it's a setting forth, a purpose, a, a setting forth. The word suggests a deliberate plan and proposition, an advanced plan, an intention, a design. He has a design, a plan, and a purpose for our life. Now, there's times that, that no doubt we affect that plan. God doesn't plan on us going to many of the places that we get to. He didn't put us there. He, 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 but He has a plan and a purpose. And if we will continue to align ourselves with Him, He can get us able to fulfill and to accomplish what His plan and His purpose is. You know, we read last week Jeremiah 29, 11. He, it's, he said, if you can put that up on the screen, 29, 11, He says that, that He has a, the thoughts. Is it up there? We know the all things. No, that's still, that's still Roman, Romans chapter 8. Come on, Whitney. Jeremiah 29, 11. Can't do it. It ain't up there. Oh, there it is. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Well, you know, within that, you can say, well, okay, God, if you have a plan and a, and a purpose for me, if you have a future and a hope for me, I want to find out what that is. See, when we look at, at our plans... When we look at the, the plans that we would have in our lives, I challenge you to, to plan, to set goals, to look out into the future, to try to change things, to be in a better place at the end of the year. What, how, do you, how do you see it? Do you, do you say that, well, I would, but, or I could if? Well, sure. I mean, sometimes we do that just because we're going to be honest. We're going to be, I, you hear the term all the time, I'm, I'm just being real. This is, just, this is just real. This is just what i got to deal with. Well, see, there is what the facts are or the truth is or the, the, the conditions or the surrounding, the thing that is. And then there's what God says. And that's where we have to kind of begin to take the Word of God and allow it to begin to shape and mold and, and change some things. See, uh, when we take and, and read the word like in, in Hebrews chapter 4, let's, let's turn over to it. When we look at this word and, and we begin to, to see it the way that it is a living document. When we, when we begin to let it shape us as that living document, things will begin to be different. It'll begin to cause you... I'm trying to find this in my notes. Man, I got a good statement I just can, can't quite say, and I got to find it in my notes. Man, where is it? I know it was in these notes. Uh, uh, uh. I guess I'm not supposed to say it yet. That doesn't happen very often that I can't get out and said what I, what I need to say. But how we see ourselves can be entirely different based on what God says. You know, when the transforming power of God's Word begins to work in our lives, we'll quit seeing ourselves as we used to be. It'll start showing us what God says about us when we, st when we, when we make those changes. Here in verse uh, chapter 4, uh, verse 12, he says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit, the joints and marrow, 
It is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Now, now, recognize all that he said right there. He said, first of all, that the Word is living. It's alive. If I begin to read this not as a history book, but as an owner's manual, if I begin to see it in, in, a, in a way that it begins to be alive to me, I, I then begin to anticipate what is it, if it's a living document, Max, it's gonna, what is it going to say to me? How's it going to speak to, to go from just a document to a word from God? That's what is powerful about this word. He said it's both living and powerful. Well, this power word is one of those Greek words that is, is uh, energia or in, energis, and it is com, uh, comparable in meaning to the word energetic. So the word's energetic. You know, it's amazing. You can hear some people read the scriptures, hear some people preach, and you hear other people with that energy. But it's from the power when it's from the power of God. What about when you're just reading the scripture and you're just doing your due diligence and you're doing your 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 work to make yourself feel better or because you're you know, you feel like you have to. You ever you ever you know, you have to read. So, you know, I'm going to read a chapter a day. And that's, that's what Harvey, he's de determined he's going to read through the Bible. He's going to read every day or he's going to read on a regular basis. Now, the challenge will be is when this living document, he's reading through it and he's saying, I'm, I'm going to get through my, my, my chapter. Some of y'all are like this. If you set out to do a chapter, by golly, you're going to do a chapter. Well, here's what the living Word of God will do, is He'll get you about four verses in, or at some point, and all of a sudden one of those scriptures, one of that part of that Word will jump off the page. It'll, it, it'll, it'll grab you. There'll be an energy with it. If we truly commit to, to saying, God, I want Your Word to begin to shape my life, that's the way our Bible study will change. All of a sudden, we'll be able to read it, and instead of it just being a, a, something that puts us to sleep, it'll be something that makes us alive, more alive than we've ever been, and it'll begin to shape us. It has an energy with it. It's energetic. It stems from the word energius, used elsewhere in the word of 1 Corinthians 16, 9, and, and Philemon uh, chapter six, or verse 6. It denotes something at work and active. Notice that. This is the definition of that word, powerful. It's, it's active. It's effective. And notice this. It's the opposite of idle, inactive, and ineffective. So this word is just a, the logos, is another Greek word for it, all written out. It's history. It's information. It's documentation. It's good stuff. It'll help your head with knowledge. But when it becomes rhema, that's the other word here. When it begins to come alive, it all of a sudden begins to speak to you. There's been times that you've been in a sermon, listening to a scripture, listening to some word, and you went, yeah, that's for me. Or maybe you were in a Bible study for yourself, and you're just reading through the scripture, and you went, oh, that's such good peace. That, that helps me. It gives me peace. It encouraged me. Maybe there's a, there's a word that comes to you, see, and that's where the living word begins to be powerful. And what it does is it begins to shape you, how you see your world, how you see other people. Enables you to be somebody that, that you weren't before. It enables you to see things you couldn't see before. 
It allows you to walk in a way and, and live in a way that you couldn't live before. You know, it, it enables you to be transformed. That's what the Romans 12 talked about. Be renewed in your mind, transformed by the renewing of your mind, be shaped and molded and, and adapted and changed by the Word. You know, uh, I was reading in some of my commentary in this study Bible, it says, uh, this recommends, talking about the, the living and the powerful Word, this recommends our understanding of the differences between all of the Bible, which is the Logos, and the single promise or promises that the Holy Spirit may bring to our mind from the Word of God. When we're facing a situation, when we're in need or in, a, in trial or in a difficulty, the promise of God may, may become rhema to you, and that is a weapon of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, like talked about in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. Its, its authority is that the Word comes from the Bible, and God's Word, its complete logos, its intermediate significance is that He has spoken it alive to you, to your mind, to your soul, to your spirit. And it begins to transform you. I read quite a bit there. But here, here's how that relates. One story that I, I have that was, that was so powerful for me is we were, we, when we had cattle and, and we bought our first set of cattle and they, the calves were dying and the cows were dying. I mean, it was, a, it was a wreck. I won't tell you the whole long story, but the short version of this is that I began to pr pray and seek God. I said, I've got a, a, an issue. I've got a trial. I've got a challenge. We're losing hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars. I'm losing the confidence in my wife. I'd finally gotten her to be willing to go, go to the bank and borrow money for cows, becoming a rancher. This is 30 years ago or plus. And, and we're, we buy these cows. We don't have any I mean, we can't absorb this. We, it was way more than what we could handle. We're in overhead, and we're praying, but we're trusting God, and we're seeking God. And I'm in this place, and I said, I, I began to go. God led me to Deuteronomy 28. And he said, if you'll hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God, you'll, he'll bless your cattle. That's the short version of that. But there, was, there is a scripture where he says he'll bless the fruit of your cattle, the fruit of your flocks, the increase of your land. He'll bless you going out and he'll bless you coming in. I took that word as not just a, a history word, but a now word for me. Rhema, God said, you got it. I'm going to take care of you. Now listen, that didn't mean I didn't have to struggle through the loss of several thousand dollars, but it meant God gave me the hope that He was going to carry me through until the correction came. Now, the key to me was, is I had to be willing to begin that whole process in prayer with, with God. I had to be willing, and, and we already were willing, to tithe, to give, to trust, and trust God, to say, God, I'm going to do it your way. We've been obedient to do that, and these things were happening, and so all I saw was defeat, all I saw was hopelessness, all I saw was they're, you know, they're going to come get our stuff. I mean, all, all I saw was hopelessness, and yet when God spoke, hope came. Now, that's the transforming of the way I saw things. Well, what it, if, how it affected us is then it affected our ability to sleep, our ability to have peace, our ability to move forward, even in that difficult moment, in that difficult time. 
They begin to transform and change us. We allow the Word of God to shape us so that we then could walk in, in the faith that was needed and the faith that was necessary. Um, let's, look at, let's look at Colossians chapter 1. And I want to share a scripture out of Colossians chapter 1 and, and see what the verse uh, 27 he says to them, well, let's read, actually, let's read verse 25. He says, of which I become a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me to you, given to me for you, to the fulfillment, to fulfill the word of God. So he says, I'm a minister given to present to you or fulfill the word of God. Now notice this, he, verse 26, he says, the mystery. He calls it a mystery. Well, what's a mystery? Mystery is something not known that needs to be solved. Now he, he, he goes on, he says, this mystery which has been hidden from, the, from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. So it was hidden, but now it's been revealed. Now how? He says, I've been called as a minister. I've been called to preach it. I've been called to deliver it. So, but they had to be willing to receive it, willing to hear it, willing to receive it, and then willing to allow it to begin to shape and mold and change them. Verse 20, 27 said this. He said, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glories of, of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory? Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may uh, present every man perfect in Christ. So he says we're bringing the, the gospel, we're bringing Jesus to them. But notice what he said was the, was the uh, end of verse 27. He says, God willed to make known the riches of His glory, which is this, this mystery among the Gentiles, Christ in you, the hope of glory. You know, when we, when we allow what the Word of God to begin to shape, to begin to mold us, we're, we're seeing Christ in us, and within that, we're seeing the hope of glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory. When we hear the Word, the message of God, the hope comes. The hope of glory, of, of heaven, of eternity, but also the hope of His provision, His, his uh, way made even now. And you know, when we begin to hear that, it begins to transform us. Look at, uh, it, look at uh, Ephesians chapter 1. Another passage here, Ephesians chapter 1. Talking about the power of the Word of God, he says in verse 17, that, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. So first of all, he's, he's made this prayer to the church at Ephesus. He says, I'm praying for you that you would have this understanding, that you'd have, that, that, that you'd have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. What do we talk about the Word of God over Hebrews chapter 4? It was a living Word. It was powerful. It was able to divide between joints and marrow, thoughts and intents of the heart. It was powerful, and in the spirit of wisdom and the revelation of the knowledge of Him, there's that also that power. Verse 18, here in Ephesians chapter 1, he says, "...the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, 
Notice this, that you may know what is the hope of His calling. There's two times, Colossians and, and here, that we see the hope that comes as a result of the Word of God coming into their lives. That they understand the mystery. That the enlightened, that their understanding is enlightened. All of a sudden, you begin to know and understand what God says about you. You begin to understand and know that, that the transforming power of God is at work in your life. Here in uh, the rest of this verse 19, he says, And what is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe? According to the working of His mighty power. Now it's interesting in that verse 19, there's four words, different Greek words for power. I'm not going to go into all the Greek of it and try to explain it all. But there's one that's an explosive power. There's transforming power. There's the energetic or the energy type power. There's, there's all these different kinds that are at work in that one verse. Right before he gets to the verse 20, so interesting, he says, "...which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead." And seated him at the right hand of heaven in heavenly places. It says, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named. Not only in this age, but that is to which, which is to come. Jesus being that one. But remember, when we understand who he is, who the word is, we got to remember that the power of God, the word of God and the power of God is at work in the life of Jesus to bring Him through the cross to enable Him to, to experience that death and yet the power, it says the power that raised Jesus from the dead, He's dwelling in us. When we begin to see that, when we begin to understand that the power of God mighty enough to raise Jesus from the dead mighty enough to have been demonstrated in, in Jesus' life that the Spirit of God is dwelling, living, and dwelling on the inside of us, that ought to give us a hope and a confidence to know that whatever we face in life, whatever situation that is, that we can entrust that God's going to take, take care of us through that. He's going to empower us. And I think we've, we've pretty well seen over the last several years the challenges of, of life. The challenges of, of living in 2020 and 2021. They were pretty challenging, weren't they? Pretty, pretty big. But yet God gives us the ability, enables us to overcome. I'm very thankful for the fact that the, the power of God is available to us. And if we'll begin to allow that word to begin to transform and be at work in us, we can be changed. We can be transformed. You know... Uh, as I wrap this up and, and get ready to, to close this, uh, this sermon. Oh, I still got a statement in there I cannot find. That's bugging me. Man. Oh, I'm going to just go through and read all of them. But uh, I've, I've, got, I've got more notes. But, but man, I tell you what, the Word of God, if it'll shape and change, if we'll allow it to shape and change us, what, what a difference it can make. How much more powerful we can be. Powerful enough to overcome. We'll begin to see everything different. We'll begin to see us as God sees us instead of even how we are. 
In other words, He'll begin to see us moving on the way to where we're going. He'll also begin to transform and, and uh, affect every area of our lives in such a way that you won't even recognize yourself in a few years. I know Willie and I are talking about he's going down to Texas to share his testimony. He's sharing his testimony about the transformation that took place in his life over the last several years. It's not been a, a, a short process, but it's, not, it's, it's been over the, a period of time. People who knew him 20 years ago would say, you're, you're not even the same guy. That's the transforming power of the Word of God. You can go from, from angry to joyful. You, you can go from broke to, to able to help others. You can go from you know, defeated and, and, and beat down to overcoming because of what God has done. So allow the Word of God to transform and change you. You know, as we get ready to close tonight, uh, and we're going to have opportunity for people to pray, or, or we'll, we'll dismiss, and I'll, I'll, I'll pray with you if you'd like. But one of the things that's so important is we we got to begin with making Jesus Lord of our lives. And, and that surrendering of our heart and our life is where that, that word begins. You know, being able to hear God speak a rhema word, a living word, for this to jump off the page and speak to us, we can, we can resist it. You know, there's a lot of times I've said, it, I, w- I wish God had just, you know, just jerk the slack out of people. Wish he'd have jerked the slack out of me, at, you know, back there when I was being ignorant. Wish he'd have done it. But you know what he's done? He's made us an, an amazing being. He's not looking for a robot. He's not looking for a puppet. He's looking for someone who will yield. He's looking for somebody who will say, okay, God, I give up. Okay, God, I'll do it your way. You know what? When we approach it like that, he's got something to work with. We can hear the Word of God in a, in a whole different manner. Again, is it a history book or is it an owner's manual? Is it a, is it a what was my other statement in there? Is it a uh, rule book or a treasure map? I used to think it was nothing but a bunch of do's and don'ts telling me everything I, ha- I-, I couldn't do. But now I see it as instead, I see it as a treasure, treasure map leading me to the riches of the glory of God, riches of His kingdom. Not riches mon- monetarily necessarily, but the provision of a good life. Amen. Well, that all begins with making Jesus Lord. So let's go before the Lord and... If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life and you're not sure or not sure, there's a simple process, but it's a very serious one, and it is that you make you pray and accepting Jesus as your Lord. Believing in your heart, the Bible says Romans 10, 9 and 10, believing in your heart that Jesus is the Christ of God, raised him from the dead, and confessing him with your mouth to say, Father, I'll receive that free gift. I believe in you. And Lord, if you'll have me, I'm yours. If you can pray that prayer tonight, just pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. And Lord God, I've sinned, I've blown it, I've messed up. But Father, I ask you to forgive me. And I receive Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I believe that that you raised him from the dead for my sin. And I receive Him as my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart.
come into my life, transform and change me. Father, I thank you that you know every heart that's able to pray that prayer with sincerity and know where they're at. And I pray, Father God, that for each one that makes that choice, that decision, that they'd make contact with us so that we can help them. If they're watching online, there's a, there's a slide there. There's information there. You can contact us. If you're here, you can get a hold of me as well. I want to pray with you. I want to help you walk a, a new transformed life in Jesus Christ. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, you know, uh, one of the things that we do believe in is prayer and the power of it. We passed around that prayer, that, uh, prayer request sheet. We gave you an opportunity to put those, uh, those things down. And if you'd like to put those things, uh, or we will go pray over those things, but if you'd like uh, personal prayer, uh, we do believe in laying on hands. We'll lay hands on you. It's not freaky or creepy or anything. It's just a, a blessing. But we'll minister to you in a powerful way. We've seen people healed. We've seen people touched. We've seen people ministered to. So we're going to dismiss do that, a few of us. But you rest of us come and enjoy as the earlies come back to minister in song once again. Let's give them a round of applause. If you need prayer, meet me up top. Thanks, guys.